Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Today, we are talking about Lucifer Season 4, Episode 6, Orgy Pants to Work. I so enjoy this title, and I very much enjoy this episode. Quite the pivot point for the season. Um, so, Latoya is back with us today. Uh, so, I'm going to throw it to you first, Latoya. What did you think of this one? Did it live up to your memory? Uh, it did. I, because uh, I remember, so I rated this episode very highly in my reviews. Like, uh, like this whole season, actually, it would just be like, wow, these are really high rated. But, like, the season's, like, really, really good. And when you compare it to a lot of, you know, past Lucifer, it's like, it is like kind of a cut above just in terms of like everything. So I was like, I was kind of almost waiting to be disappointed in rewatching this episode, but like rewatching, I'm like, Oh no, this episode's great. Um, I was like going through my review real quick and I'm like, wow. I like even remember, you know, the case of the week, like the, like the um, villain's name, like Julie McCaffrey is like a name I remember like vividly. And like, then his father, like Jacob Turner, I'm like, why do I remember this so well? Mm-hmm. And it's just, one of those things that like stuck in my mind in a way I didn't even realize until watching this. It also does the thing which I think the season does very well, which we kind of discuss in Expire or Wrecked, where like there's that pivot point in the episode where it just it kind of becomes a different episode. But I think it works, and I think it's kind of necessary for the season because it is condensed, and you know they are trimming the fat. But I think that is something that really helps the season. It's that it can kind of pivot the tone of an episode. That way, you're kind of getting like two episodes worth of material in one. And it's doing that very well. And I just, I, I kind of love this episode for literally every bit about it. Uh, I love our fun uh, nudist colony stuff, which is, it could easily get into a part where it's just Lucifer cracking inappropriate jokes, but it doesn't surprisingly. You have a few sight gags and then you just move on to like him actually taking the case seriously in a way I wouldn't expect. Uh, especially, especially if it was early Lucifer, that would not be the case, I would say. And I say that with all the love in the world. Uh, you have, uh, oh, Chloe. Uh, Chloe, uh, not heartbreaking, uh, stakeout moment. She's a sad woman. Uh, she is very upset. Um, you have Maze and Eve meeting, and like it's love at first sight. Uh, you have a mini deal uh, with a true a mini deal in his presence. Uh, you've got, it's just, it's good all around. You've got Linda, who has to try to make Lucifer, you know, realize something very important that he really needs to listen to, but does not. And also, uh, Auntie Mays, and I really just love this episode. And also, Nameless Judy, Joan gets a name and then immediately dies. Mm, Poor Joan. They built that up about Carl's Jr. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a lesson. Don't develop a strong enough rapport to get a specific gift, or else you're going to get killed if you're not a serious regular. I mean, Uh, there is also an alternate path for survival in that case, which is if you eat the rave donut, then you're unable to report to work, and then you also survive. So she could have just eaten the, the rave donut. Really, this is on her for not eating the rave donut. Noel, what did you think of Orgy Pants to Work? I really like this, and I, I like um, Latoya's conceptualization of it as a pivot point episode, because we kind of talked about that a little bit lo- yesterday. I was going to say last week, but just <laughs> yesterday. Time has no more meaning. Yeah. Kind of really like doesn't. Lucifer season three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, like, it felt transitional yesterday, and this gives it, like, the full force of what we're doing here. But it also bakes in a really good case of the week um, that doesn't feel 
ridiculous or bad in the same way that the previous one did in terms of, wait, where did this twist come from? Nowhere. And this one, I think, builds a little bit better in terms of giving us what I text to Kate and Allison about that the guy who plays Julian is destined, destined to play uh, Jared Kushner in some forthcoming Trump administration movie because Mm -hmm. he just has that face. Um, Just slim him down a little bit and dye his hair black and he's Jared. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that all of that just ended up with a really kind of fun little twist of, oh no, he's legitimately horrible Um, in a way that you don't expect based on all of the shenanigans that are happening in the episode. So I think that having him be legitimately terrible and then having the real pivot of, yeah, no, I'm just going to embrace who I am now. No, no more of this dual identity stuff. This is who I am. And what I legitimately like about this, especially here, is that it feels like such a bold step forward for the show in terms of where they kind of wanted to do this in season three, but never figured out a way to commit to it about this well, what what is my deal exactly? Am I the guy who gives out favors? Wh- who am I? And they never really figured out a way to make that work um, because they just had too many weird amounts of plates going and yet not enough time despite being so long. Um, but here they're just like, yeah, no, we figured it out. We just needed his ex-girlfriend to show up and for him to basically backslide. And it's just like, oh, that's all you needed because this is a much more interesting story about his dual Lucifer's dual identities than what they were trying to figure out last season. So I'm very on board for the next four episodes, which just, again, how do we just have four episodes left? (laughs) (sighs) Allison, what did you think? I uh, agree with the consensus, which is that this is a very good episode, like a really accomplished, well-constructed episode. I was talking to our pal Keenan last night um, about how there are a handful of Loose for episodes that, and most shows, credit where it's due, most shows never get an episode where I'm like, wow, that was a legitimately excellent episode of television. Like most shows don't. We, It's easy to sort of forget that when the thing you live and breathe is tv and a lot of it's really good right but there's so much more that's not so things like god johnson and um are whatever the name of the press one is i'm sorry i don't remember the episode off the title. record yes off the record uh and a couple more where i'm like that is legitimately an excellent really well-made hour of television and i think that this is too although in a different way it's not like dazzling like those are it's not an experiment it's not a big leap it's just a lot of the things the show has been doing really well, done well, some missteps corrected, and then this big step forward, which I hope continues in that there's that pivot when the case of the week suddenly matters way more and the stakes become much higher and it allows you to invest in Lucifer's investment in the job and also the reality of the job in a way that the show, I think, usually intentionally keeps distant, right? We we sometimes get a little pathos with what's actually happening, but that shot of the women who are being human trafficked coming off of that boat is genuinely horrifying. And it and you can understand everything that happens with Lucifer emotionally past that point in a way that seems way more immediate than the show typically goes for. And I just, I was really impressed by how neatly it tied together a bunch of things 
while also making it feel authentically messy, right? Like this, it, it was messy because the stakes are high. It was messy because life is messy, but the episode itself was just incredibly well-structured and constructed. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I think that this is a really great one. Yeah. Uh, Tom Ellis has a number of like great reaction shots in this episode, but like when the moment where he like sees that, Oh, we're about to, you know, catch Julian in the act. And he's like so happy. And then he sees those women and he's like, just disgusted by what he's seeing is just it really shows you yeah this is fucked up completely it's just because obviously you know Lucifer it's always cracking jokes cracking lies and then he's like I'm gonna be punished but like just to have that reaction you're just like this is truly abhorrent is it's it's so necessary not to distract from everything but every time Latoya you say crack I think about tushes Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I have, like, tushes in all caps underlined in my notes, by the way. Uh, We should also stop for a minute while we're discussing tushes to acknowledge two of the most bizarre called it. I really feel like Nolan and I should have been... Called well. Called well. It's a called well. Nolan and I should have really been excused from class for today because, (laughs) like, we just... The fact that we had assless chaps and a nudist colony... And more tushes. I I mean, first of all, LaToya and Kate and Marcus and Keenan, those of you who've seen this before, I don't know how it is that you managed to contain that Noel and I called assless chaps and nudist colony. I don't know how you did it. Really good poker faces. And second, how is it possible that I guessed assless chaps and Noel guessed nudist colony and we were both right? And in two different plots. Like, they're yes. not in the same yeah. Essentially, yes. <laughs> the crime scene tape over the back of his pants is such a good gag. Yeah. And then, like, we were talking about the show finding really funny, flimsy excuses to have Tom Ellis take his clothes off. And when they showed, it was like, yeah. And then when Ella took her clothes off, too, I was like, this is great. Let's just, oh, first of all. And they take them off so quickly. Like, they're just gone. Yep. Yep. Orgy pants. You just tear away. Very like Joe Bluth. Um, I, I, I'm just delighted that, that everybody seems so excited to have Tom Ellis walk around without his clothes on. And he must be excited too, because it's an excessive. And frankly, if I put in the work and looked like that, I would also want every possible excuse to walk around naked. Good Lord. Good job, everybody. So many nice butts. So many nice butts. That's when you go, you know what? I'm not going to not eat carbs for the rest of my life. So we're getting every angle we can of this while it exists. Listeners, I'm gesturing. Because uh, <laughs> eventually I will go back to eating, you know, bread. Um, yeah, th- it's it's pretty ridiculous. I thought I, I was pretty proud of myself for not reacting when Noel's like, well, they're not going to like show an orgy. So I'm like, of course they aren't. <laughs> yeah, it's like just a post orgy. Yeah, exactly. Post-orgy yeah. is fine. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, Lucifer practices safe sex. There were condoms on that sex swing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I liked I liked the hydrating. It's like, every, no one passes out unless they want to. It was very good. I, I, I You know, I, I, we're joking about it, but really it is lovely to see such a sex-positive, like, portion of the show, which is not all that, has not been all that interested in that dimension of Maze and Lucifer's experiences. It's very sex positive in that it doesn't shame them, but it also like it to me because of Lucifer's like whammy, there's like a, always a little question mark around consent and it there's some other just 
aspects where the show hasn't really gone for really made that a priority in its storytelling. So I really appreciate that if part of this storyline with Eve is they're having orgies and crazy times all the, you know, all over the place, that part of that is informed consent, uh, taking, being a good host, taking care of the other people at their sex parties and that kind of a thing. And like sh- showing the condoms, all of that, like, I really appreciated that little you know, finding the space for that in this episode. Sorry, I laughed because I realized that at a sex party, I would not be the one having sex. I'd be the one handing out the refreshments. <laughs> that would be me too. Uh, and I'd want a really fun costume. But then I would just be like, Gatorade? 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 Anyone? Gatorade? Um, I'm, I'm imagining um, sexy, because of course it's an orgy, so I assume every costume comes with sexy before it. Um, the, the old timey, like concession girl. Yes. It's a theater, right? Yeah. With the, the cigarette box. Girl. The lip, yeah. cigarette yeah, the little girl. Yeah. Jaunty hat and yes. the tray. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that this, what the specific issue you're discussing, discussing is an indication of a lot of the really strong subtlety here. Um, both in terms of the ideas that they're digging into and the sort of gray that they're allowing and the nuance that they're allowing and the contradictions that they're allowing, um, all of which are really great. Uh, and I think that the place where that comes out the most is actually in the scene where Dan confronts Lucifer at the end. Um, because it's like, it breaks your heart. It's just rotten. And also Dan is not totally wrong and also, you understand why it is that he's behaving that way, but you still empathize with Lucifer. So it, there's a lot of, like, messy emotional stuff in there that the show is allow, and the show is allowing the seasons that have come before it and all of the things that have happened and the ups and downs in that relationship to do a lot of the work for them in a way that I feel that um, they haven't always, right? They haven't always tw- trusted in our knowledge of character history to um, make up for time not spent together right but i just i was immediately there and with the jump ahead of several months you're like wow if dan is still struggling this much dan is really struggling like i don't know what's going on with dan outside of when he's at work but he is not well and kevin alejandro is doing such a good job of making it clear that this is someone who thinks he's doing really well in a shitty world and is actually just broken like pretty much everybody else yeah the I was wanting to yell at the screen when Dan says that um, in all the best ways. Cause I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but you're completely wrong. Also, you're not the good guy. Also, you're saying that because you're projecting and part of you knows that and you're very damaged right now. And you're all living these... in Kane's glass house with all the rocks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Like, I'm like sitting there like, oh, it's super rich for Dan to think he can be the arbiter of who's the who's the good guys and everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. That's what the show's yep. doing, Kate. That's what they they're very well aware. But um, I, I, yeah, so I really appreciated even as I was incredibly frustrated. I was like, but this is the right kind of frustration. So. Yeah, a really good kind of frustration. Yeah. Um, going back to that scene uh, with like the reveal of the trafficking, what I really appreciated about that decision in the writing, the execution in the scene is excellent as well. But what I really appreciate about that is that it really, while this episode is very much about him deciding who he is right now or who he wants to be, I like that they don't shortchange either like the like the Chloe version or the the Eve version 
Um, but it really feels like he he needs both, even though this this he comes to the conclusion that he doesn't. But life just with Eve is not enough. Right. Which we can see when he when they when he realizes the the gravity of, of this guy, Julian, um, who normally he would only interact with, like out buying drugs and stuff. Right. So living a hedonistic lifestyle that does not have any element of uh, bringing people to justice or helping those in need is not going to be enough for him. And with his lawyers, daddy's lawyers getting him out, just the Chloe by the book life is not going to be enough for him either. Um, right now at least. And so I thought that they, they really found, the, yay, they found the right crime, but like that, the gravity and the stakes of it really for me nailed this tension that he's, he's struggling with and how either one is not quite right right now. And he's, now going to try to embrace his devilish side without abandoning working for the cops also because it's the show but you know um i thought that they really nailed that part of it and um i look forward to to the next chunk of the season let's touch on uh the Ella portion of it, because that was one of the things that was not called, uh, was because she didn't talk about God here. How, uh, how would we have predicted that? No, but well, cause <laughs> it was like the opposite. Cause what was predicted right. was that every, when we see Ella, she's going to keep talking about her, basically her loss of faith and everything. And instead we get Ella soaking in all of Lucifer's stories and making a bucket list. And part of that is go to a nudist colony. Um, I would have liked more at the nudist colony. I did giggle like an immature child at the sight gags, but I thought that they, you know, I liked at long last, we have nudity with different body types. Finally, hopefully this is not the only time that will happen. Um, Latoya, what did you think about what they gave Ella here? Well, yeah, I think it it also helps because, like they said, it's been months. So if she was still talking about, you know, the whole God thing, because it was still like early on when that happened basically for the rest of the season. So now it's like, we don't need to say that because obviously it's been months. That's just like the new normal for her, basically. Um, and also when it comes to Ella and the news colony, like Amy Garcia is probably the actor I've seen the most naked of anyone. Thanks to Dexter. Uh, so it was just kind of like old hat for me seeing her in the news colony. Uh, it was like a return to form. Uh, so, I mean, bless her, bless her and Tom, bless their tushes. <laughs> Okay, well, it's time for Tush Talk. So Just any talk other, about Tushes. Any other, any other developments, any other discussions we want to have in Tush Talk here? Uh, I really appreciated that the nudist colony was also not shamey. Like, it, mm-hmm. first of all, it looked like a, just a lovely place to be. Um, second, uh, it wasn't just like, hey, sex party. It was just naked people doing all kinds of things, drinking drinks, having conversations, sitting in a nice pool, very, like very tranquil, very good. Uh, so I appreciate that. And then um, all ages, many ages. It just, it was, it looked like... Um, like an earthly paradise that I would never want to go to because I'd be very in my head about it. But, um, but it, but it just seemed very nice. Um, and the tushes are great. <laughs> the tushes they're, are out. The tushes they're are really great. great tushes. I'm just disappointed that we didn't get to see more of Eve and May's partying together because I would have liked those tushes too. 
Mm-hmm. Give me some tissues, uh, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will say also, this is what I was saying basically about like early Lucifer, we'd get so many jokes in the news colony, but it's kind of just like, and you know, we're just normal people. And you know, we like, they call themselves naturalists too. So that like, that's what it is. And like, he's not cracking jokes the whole time, but like, they're telling the story about, you know, Gary, the deceased and then uh, Julian either. So it's, he's just li- literally just listening. Uh, like the, the biggest joke besides the sight gags is just like when uh, Ella and Lucifer at the same time were like, we're not cops. Because like Lucifer said, uh, a cab, baby. Yeah, basically. Um, we've got uh, our Eve and Maze material here, our content. Uh, do we ship it? How could you not? Is sort of how I feel about it. Noel? Yeah, it's very, it's very kind of sweet. And I like that they find sort of like this bond in Lilith. Um, which just means the supernatural crossover is on the horizon. That's what season five is, right? It's just supernatural. Is that what happens? The one I need first <laughs> no is Constantine. <laughs> is what I need first. But anyways, uh, Allison, what did you think about that part? Yeah, I um, I I liked it. I I think it's interesting to watch Eve go through something huge um, that could understandably make anybody a little bit heady right like she's just she's jumped in with both feet uh obviously and well, i mean she's i just i can't get over in marlavi eating half a tray of pot brownies like just <laughs> it's very good and it just speaks to what you're talking about with just she's just jumping in and saying it's her year of yes it's <laughs> definitely her year of yes she is leaning in um <laughs> So I really like that, but I also like the way that that ultimately then connects to what's going on with Maze and Linda. Yes. Because Eve is essentially serving the same function for both of them in sort of giving them an outlet for their their more base desires, their perhaps more self-destructive impulses, all of which they're sort of going to as a means of, or at least certainly Maze is going to as a means of distancing herself from this fear of rejection and insecurity that comes around having a family, um, which God, it, which doesn't mean that that stuff isn't valuable. And I really appreciate that. Like Linda's like, listen, you can't be a hundred percent of both things. That doesn't work. That doesn't mean you can't have balance in your life though. Like there's a way to figure out what you want and who you are from mm-hmm. all of the impulses you have yeah um, lucifer's idea of balance is just like to separate them which is not the same no, that's thing not how it works at all um also i have to admit that i found both of his gifts to be like not cool <laughs> like, <laughs> like maybe eve would be really in to to the real doll maybe i mean probably it's probably just a situation of that's not a gift for me but if but if he said chloe a printer and then it never stopped printing how many evers can we program this thing to do? Ugh, I'd be so pissed. Anyway. What if Dan's the one who got the printer? He's like, this is useless to me. Yeah, totally. Dan's like, oh, great. It's very wasteful. Thank, thanks, Lucifer. Thanks. This is your fault, too. Charlotte and this printer. Do you have any idea how many trees you just killed? Um, they were yeah. already dead. Anyway, the fact that the Eve and Maze stuff also feeds into um, Maze and Linda, I think, is really great and cool and awesome i mean to like kind of jump to that point um i just love that maze was gone for months looking for the perfect baby blanket so sweet it's so good like i love that it's just like no i went on the hunt for the perfect blanket 
See, here's what I think. I think that she was like, okay, we're getting the gift. This is what's happening. We're getting the gift. And then she like had an idea. Okay, I'll get this. And then she saw it and it was like, no, not this. And then she like, oh, I'll do this. And then in my head, that's what happened that pivoted her around and why it's in like a tackle box or something. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what it is. She was looking for the perfect gift and eventually it clicked. But yeah, it took a while. Yeah. I incor- Incorporating the Lilith stuff is so smart. Uh, I mean, obviously that's straight out of the comics. Uh, to my knowledge, I haven't read them, but that's as I understand it. Uh, and, you know, that's so that's fun for the comics fans to, to think more about. But it also, if they hadn't gone to, the, because that is such a rich place to go to with May, she has a lot of mommy issues around Lilith. Um, to, to, to have a whole storyline with um, Linda and uh, Amenadiel and the baby and Auntie Maze and everything, but not tap into that would be uh, a real shame. So I think this, the taste we get of that here is really, uh, really well done. And if that lets you just fully like continue to incorporate your various um, characters, then all the better because they are really handling the balance of their characters so much better this season than last season. And I think I think that's part of what makes Eve. Uh, such a good character especially the way they they're interpreting her is that just her existence you can branch out in so many ways because like obviously like we have her and Maze like immediately connecting but there is also the fact that you know she feels like she's in the shadow of Adam's first wife who is Lilith who is Maze's mother so you have that connection as well um you have a a menadeal you know worrying about what her being here means which and uh we find out in this episode again uh Emmanuel going on and on about free will in heaven really uh was uh messing with people's heads up there <laughs> oh Emmanuel, you well, he's a chatty Kathy for once and this is what happens mm-hmm. um let's talk about Remy then because that's I feel like that's our last lingering kind of thing besides just the notion of Maze at Lamaze which is very funny. That's that's very good. Um, this says that he was happy to see Maze get a preview of the ritual of blood and pain at the birth <laughs> class, and then asking to see that particular clip again. I was just like, "Yeah, wow! They never really cracked giving birth in hell, did they?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and there, there's the look on Leslie and Brent's face. It's like she looks hungry, like very specifically hungry, yes. like almost like she has the munchies hungry where she's just salivating it is so funny it's really that scene is great anyway um remy uh my issue with remy is the wings are really cool those are awesome wings yeah they're like falcon wings or something yeah i went to owl but yeah falcon makes more sense but yeah like they're that that's awesome that's very cool however i don't buy her for a second in her in the costume like they they had that costume and then they cast this actor and they put them together and I do not believe that this character looking like that wears that costume for a second and it takes me out of it. I remembered that scene and that performance being really bad and they aren't. So I was pleasantly surprised by that. But it's like, oh no, it's just I hate the costume that much while still loving the wings. Is this just a me thing? Anybody else uh, have a negative reaction? I you know, actually... Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about it that much. It, I, yeah. like, looking at it though, it is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it fits the other angel costumes that we've seen. Um, it looks like she came from the Ren it's, Fair. It's also, I think, it's just an issue because 
this is our first angel who's not an established actor. Like this is like her first major role to this actress. So that I that that kind of just plays with it. I don't think she's bad in this role. I just I kind of am curious what they would have done had they got, you know, someone like a recognizable face also in this role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I didn't have an issue with the costume so much as it felt like what we were intended to take from this is that Remy is to Amenadiel what I cannot remember the angel's name that Charlene Yee plays. Asriel. Asriel yeah, is um, to Lucifer, right? Like a little sort of kid brother wannabe just like you vibe. Kid sister in this case wannabe just like you vibe. Um And I think that's sort of what we were supposed to get. And there are Mm -hmm. moments where that crystallizes, like specifically when she's talking about jeans, um, which was just great. Um, I was like, oh, okay, I think I understand this because then it's, you know, basically old Amenadiel talking to new Amenadiel and that's interesting, but it just wasn't consistent. And I, and I don't think that any of it, the casting or the costume or any of it really fed into that energy, if that was the intent. Yeah, and I think the other problem with it is is that those three scenes don't really go anywhere. Is sort of like the other problem. Like they're leading up to like Amenadiel revealing himself and like kind of reaffirming his attachment to everything and the reveal of a larger plot issue with Heaven being like, "Yeah, no, we can't have a half angel baby on earth. Are you kidding?" Um, to which I go, wait, why? Who said so? God's in the garage. He's not paying any attention. <laughs> um, so like that, it just, it just never really felt like it said much of anything for me anyway, that I didn't already know apart from the whole thing about, there's, you can't have a baby. Um, so it just n- didn't give me anything really. Um, Yeah. I do okay. like it in the sense of Woodside getting to play at Manuel being like, oh, so this is what I was like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get it now. And I'm still like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's just drinking the entire time. <laughs> As she's like sniffing women in Lux or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Very creepy. Um, okay. Do we have any final thoughts on this episode? Any other scenes we didn't talk about? No, but my... Go, my my actual final thought is thinking about how delighted Azriel was to watch Ella go to a nudist colony. Just had to be the happiest <laughs> angel. Just the happiest angel. Okay. Uh, I am kind of wondering, just to gauge, I guess, uh, you guys' uh, Nolan Allison feelings on Eve at this point, especially uh, with the finish, which I think I didn't really clock it I really didn't write about it in my review, but I think there's like uh, an argument to be made. It's like, it's very like kind of like a Lady Macbeth kind of manipulation mm-hmm. we have, but I don't like, I, at the same time, I don't think like Eve is manipulative where it's like, it's comes from a selfish place, but not a nefarious or conniving one. It's like the opposite of like a mom situation. Right. And I get the Lady Macbeth kind of comparison, but my brain more so sees it as an inverse of their old relationship. Right. So instead of him being the tempter, it's been flipped. Um, And the thing of knowledge, which the thing about knowledge, the tree of knowledge was always more about self-awareness and self-actualization. And that is being reversed here. And I think it's being reversed really efficiently and really subtly as well. Um, Because it doesn't click really into place until, like you said, in that last little bit. And... 
again, I'm kind of excited again about the ways in which that they're really building on this identity concept that they kept referencing in season three and never doing anything with. And here they've just cracked it. And it's very exciting. Yeah, the thing about it flipping too is that like in that like scene with Lucifer in the penthouse when they're finally talking, it's like, it seems like Eve is having like an aha moment basically about like her personhood. And then it kind of flips to her being like, no, this is about your personhood and you not being who you should be. Which it's like, it's kind of like she's having a realization. It's like, oh no, <laughs> this isn't this isn't about a realization she should probably be having, but instead it's this. Well, and it's, you can understand, a, first of all, why Eve might see Lucifer trying to do both of these things at once and assume that the real problem is that he's trying to be something he's not with Chloe because the Lucifer she knows is the one that she's seen, right? right? So you can understand why she would make that assumption and latoya i absolutely agree that eve could also use some time with dr linda let's get her billable hours up she's got a baby on the way um (laughs) let's like let's take care of that uh or at the very least she could refer to somebody else probably not let's not go there um so that is thing one but i sort of view as as like the language that she speaks the emotional language she speaks is all old testament so of course this person did this horrible thing it is his fault, not anybody else's. And the thing that happens when people do horrible things is they are punished. So there's not a lot of like, turn the other cheek there, right? It's uh, fire and brimstone. So um, so I think that's actually really smart. And I really like the way that Inbarlavi is playing it and that it doesn't seem vindictive. It's just the way that things are. Yeah. I really like that point about connecting it to the Old Testament because it brings up the fact that the show is very bad at New Testament still. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the, yeah, I, I really appreciated the include, you know, he's like, oh, it's all my fault. You're like, uh, it sounds like it's the guy's fault. Yes. Because yeah. he's the one who did it. Um, and speaking of Lavi, uh, her delivery of the, well, I do like to party or whatever it was. <laughs> it was just so good. I'm like, how are you, how was this simultaneously hilarious and sweet and innocent and childlike and also okay let's go let's go do all the drugs <laughs> like it's so good i mean i'm just gonna say it i, I love her <laughs> i love eve i love Imbar Lavi. i just i love her mm. um we have oh well marcus says this episode also proves that maze pairs well with everyone this is it's truth leslie it's very good. just has chemistry with a white wall yeah um and marcus also brings up a good point it's weird that remy's plan is to cut the baby out versus kidnapping it after birth which seems a lot safer for the kill no humans bit let alone the health of the infant and that's a good point uh, except that i just assume how humans work (laughs) yeah that none of the angels have really spent any time figuring out how humans work Uh, she's gonna try to cut that baby out of linda's butt is what she's gonna try to do (laughs) Be like, where is? Why is it not here? What's going on? Um, so yeah, lots of just. It seems like it really was going around in that family of just like assuming they know what dad wants, and that it should. Even though they have, they've done no recon. Like Uriel was the only one who did recon. Um, so yeah, this is what happens when you don't communicate with your children. Mm-hmm. Like you need to talk to them because otherwise you get succession. <laughs> I mean, yep. mom would have talked to them, but she was in hell. So there you go. There you go. Well, to wrap up our conversation here, we have for our 
episode tomorrow, last one of the week, uh, Devil Is As Devil Does, which is the seventh episode. So, Allison and Noel, any predictions? Y'all are on fire right now. Yeah, I know. I don't want to ruin it. Um, I feel like based on that comment, it's very much like Lucifer's going to go kind of whole hog on this. He's going to overcorrect, basically, which is what Lucifer's want to do um, when he's in a weird situation. So I'm expecting more debauchery or more violence or both. Um, So I'm really curious to see if we get like a kind of more extreme sort of case that really ratchets up that punishment impulse um, to see how that kind of plays out. Um, So that's kind of where I'm going with it is that there's there's a very bad case in this episode that really drives it up, drives it up a notch. Mm -hmm. Um, My prediction is, is sort of season ish, which is that I feel like the way that that final scene plays the decision, the decision that Lucifer makes to, um, I don't know if it's, if that's, severe injury or if it's torture or if he actually killed the guy whatever it is that happened in that final moment with that really gross crunch um it's so crunchy the foley artists really they bought a lot of celery um just a lot of celery and then they made a nice stock um i i think that that as a pivot point is going to be really important like i suspect that lucifer is you know on the books, it's not like he doesn't know how to make a body disappear, but for I just don't think that whether he disappears or whatever, that this is a case of the week that isn't a week. That's my prediction, is that the this decision is going to keep being relevant from here on out. I like that idea. Yeah. No, I mean, really what he needs to do is just drop that body in a vat of pudding. Yeah. I mean, again. it's really, and then just insult to injury, poor Dan. <laughs> okay uh latoya anything you want to mention uh no i i will be here for the rest of the season because again i love the season of lucifer so much and i'm uh again after uh the torture that was season three for you guys uh i am just so happy that we are kind of on the same page all about the season two so far mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh the stinger the close to this episode is really fun really interesting so i am looking forward to y'all experiencing that and then us talking about it tomorrow the whole the episode is good too but just like it's like ah so this is what's happening now okay looking forward to it okay Mm -hmm. that's all that's all i will say um well thank you to marcus and to keenan for hanging out with us today in the chat thank you again latoya for joining us this season thank you everyone for listening we'll be back tomorrow bye bye bye